What's up, everyone? Welcome to Dem Fancy Dinosaurs. I'm still playing with the uh, Roadcaster Pro. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a touch, because it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Wait till I redo the pads and we've got like a bunch of awesome sounds on it. Mm. Flush. So, I'm one of your hosts, Nick. I'm Nerdy Nick. And I'm Dylan. And today, well, actually it was the other day, it was Sega's 60th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Hooray. The audience is now deaf. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Ear rape. Okay. So, Sega. Nick, you are a Sega fanatic. Uh, just a little bit. Just a breakdown of how much of a fanatic I am. I actually own a uh, Astro City Japanese arcade cabinet from Japan, which is mm. a Sega brand. Uh, it's not working at the moment. Got to get someone to come and look at it at the moment. It's a jammable and all that, but it's most likely something else will be fixed. And someone else to pay for it. Yeah, as I usually do. Uh, <laughs> but as pretty much as someone who's grown up, I had mostly majority Sega systems because they were the cheaper one compared to Nintendo at the time. Mm. Um, of course, I still enjoy Nintendo and other games and everything at the same time, but basically mostly Sega was most of my upbringing and everything, especially the Mega Drive, which I'd gone back and recollected a lot of older games and everything else. Uh, but to basically break down, this is Sega's 60th anniversary as an electronic company, uh, yep. an entertainment company and everything. Uh, just a brief rundown, it's not really technically Sega anymore. They're really, their official corporate name is Sega Sammy Corporation, as in when Sega was going belly up during the Dreamcast time, that they had a sellout merger where a pachinko company named Sammy merged with them. Uh, and as most of us know, pachinko companies are run by the <laughs> people behind closed doors that they don't talk about in Japan and everything. So yeah, yeah, Yakuza. So basically, as they were doing to celebrate the 60th anniversary, is they actually went back and referenced probably one of the best marketing they ever did that never actually left Japan, which was the Sega Sanshiro for the Sega Saturn. He was basically a judo, a judoka, a person who practiced judo, <laughs> and his main theme song and everything talked about that you must play Sega Saturn when it's translated all the time. <laughs> and that's basically what all the commercials were. They'd be like kids walking outside with their baseball equipment, just like, yeah, we're going to enjoy outside, right? And then they just run to Sega, and he just bodied them all, and they're like, oh, Sega Sanshiro, and he's like, you should have been playing Sega Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite one was the Christmas one, where he takes his... Like, his bloody beard off in a second time. And he just beats the shit out of the family. Oh, he, he has a whole rip-off of his face <laughs> of Santa Claus and everything. And all the kids are just so terrified. Yeah. There's a lot of great ones. Uh, another one is the House of the Dead one where he actually fights against zombies, but they just keep getting up again. And he has no idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, as I mentioned before the last episode, Sakura Wars. That's one of the infamous ones because there was a Sakura Wars 1 and 2 on the Sega Saturn yep. where you have Sakura running through the the Sakura fields and everything and he's chased after Sakura-chan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a rela- it's a canon relationship, actually, in other games that they've done it. Yeah. I think... Uh, um, oh, sorry, keep going. Oh, yeah, but uh, basically summed down is anyone who wants just to see how amazing it is, it's just to go to YouTube and look up Sega yeah. Sun Show. This was an entire campaign that lasted the entire life of uh, the Sega Saturn in Japan, and 
of course, of Sega America's choice that the advertisement we got here is people randomly yelling and then going, Sega! And it's like, I had no idea what I just watched. <laughs> but uh, Segata Sanshiro unfortunately met his untimely end when uh, a rival company shot a missile yes, at Sega headquarters. The not Sony firing a missile <laughs> at Sega's headquarters with a very inconspicuous man going, <laughs> as he launches the missile and Sega jumps off a building and grabs the missile and launches himself off the building into space and blows him up. <laughs> and this is where we return to the 60th anniversary. We actually have a young man who's in high school and yep. basically these girls come up to him and it's just like, oh, do you playing a Switch? And he turns and he's like, no, Sega, we're holding a Game Gear. And it's like, whoa, cool glasses. It's like, Sega, hold the Master System 3D glasses and everything. It's like, whoa, what backpack is that? It's Sega. It's a <laughs> Sega Saturn backpack and everything. <laughs> but then basically they keep mentioning, it's just like, why do you wear that gear around him? And he's wearing a white judo <sighs> gear and everything. And then we have the flashback of him. It's animated that he is the son of Sega to Sanshiro, <laughs> including where basically he remembers his dad blowing up and everything. And <laughs> toss out! As he screams out. And the next part we go to is a guy in an all black gear wearing a mask where I've written the text out for Japanese and what he's saying is he's saying go broke Sega go broke <laughs> <laughs> so then we finally get to the next episode of the conclusion is that they go into a judo battle they're fighting for positions back and forth to who throws and he's starting getting thrown and everything else like that but then suddenly he's motivated by Sega to flip him over and then the mask comes off and it's revealed it is Sega to Sanshiro <gasps> and there's a twist of <gasps> as he said he must take his rightful place to being strength to Sega, that's when he literally does a back flip kick, which is where you fall on your back as everyone who played Street Fighter 2 doing the kick grab with Ryu, as where you use your leg to launch them as he launches Sega to Sancho into space as he crashes into Saturn and blows up. And then basically, <laughs> it's out of nowhere that he wakes up in classroom of Torsan! And everyone laughs at him, but he has the black belt of the gi of basically of... His father's saying, if like, you've got to keep carrying the spirit of Sega, and he ties it around, and that was the 60th anniversary promotion. And what did they announce? They announced a Game Gear Mini, but basically they announced four separate models, around 68 Australian dollars, breaking it down. Currency converter, I'm not even counting shipping, which, of course, throw another 50 bucks on that top of that every time. Uh, but basically, as it comes down to, each one is completely separate because they have their own four separate games and everything. They're extremely tiny. Oh, they should uh, be called Game Gear Micros. They should be mm. called Game Gear for Ants, because yeah. that's how <laughs> tiny they are. But basically, I'm guessing because they will most likely use a USB charger like most everything, like the the NES Mini and the Super NES <clears> Mini, <throat> is that basically people are going to hack them straight away and actually get all the 320-something games on the Game Gear, because it's all under a gigabit, literally, of the size of yeah, these no games. Doubt. Yeah, there's um, four different colours. There's black, yellow, red, and blue. Yes. And... And, of course, they actually advertised a giant bulky screen that goes in front to actually make the screen wider so you can actually see it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the magnifying it. glass. <laughs> it's probably going to cost more than the unit. Yeah, of course. Just to magnify everything. But that was basically one of the announcements for it. And, of course, Sega, of course, again, announcing another Sonic game as, surprise, surprise, another Sonic game. But at the same time, they announced that there's going to be a sequel to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which was actually oh. one of the grossing video game movies of all time at launch and actually defeated, beat Detective Pikachu at launch, which is actually impressive considering mm. how big Pikachu is around yeah, the world. Pokemon in general. Out of, out in of general. The, like, I saw Sonic uh, not so long ago. Um, fantastic. Yeah. Pretty decent film. Yeah, Jim Carrey was actually surprisingly in it. I mm. He was. Very good. Um, that begs but the question if he's going to return for the uh, the sequel. 
Well, he is as well. We can't spoil. Everyone already knows now. He yeah. is Eggman, and yeah. basically, he's living in Mushroom World. But as I was saying, unfortunately, with the Blu-ray and DVD release of the movie, I really wish they had the cut of the original Sonic yeah, because that- remember the parts of the film where he was just standing there staring. And everything at people yep. all the time. That would have been the perfect time to have that creepy-looking Sonic right then. <laughs> yeah, that's such a shame that they didn't include that as a bonus feature. At least, like, some scenes, at least something. Yeah, like, it just showed us what it would have looked like had yeah. um, the fans not taken over. Yeah. But, yeah, um, Detective Pikachu will still be my number one mm. out of those two. But still oh. both fantastic films. Oh, very good for video game films in general. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of other video game films in general, we recently watched the... New Mortal Kombat film, The Revenge of Scorpion, or as we call Ed Boon replaces everyone to <laughs> Scorpion as the main character. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. How was that? It wasn't too bad. It was more or less the uh, the first Mortal like the first Mortal Kombat movie, if anybody's aware of it. Of course you are. They're the live action one. Yeah, big question. Um it was more or less that, but like extra Scorpion scenes. It's like, oh, Scorpion's backstory, if you didn't already know. It's like, oh, his war between the two clans, between like between uh, Sub-Zero and uh, his clan. And, you know, the Lin Kuei and... Yeah, and the uh, Shoyo Ryu, or yeah, however Shoyo, you yeah, say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the feud between <coughs> them two and Scorpion's Revenge, hence the title. Yeah, so. they included a lot more... It was a lot more gorier than the actual film, the live-action one. Mm. They take, obviously, inspiration from MKX and Eleven, where they show all the 3D of blur, like yeah, eyeballs they, just blowing out of yeah, the they, skull. They, they show, like, all the uh, X-ray effects, like them punching <laughs> them, like their bones, like, literally breaking as they do. And all the cores of God just slicing yeah. up with all the realistic detail inside anatomy and everything <laughs> yeah. else like that. Uh, but, but I'm like, it's not like the game at all. Like, in the game, you know, you get shot 20 times in the head and you're fine. You get up, you fight again. How come it's not like that? Yeah. <laughs> I know, that would be pretty tough to translate into into media. <laughs> yeah. Especially, uh, like, some of the, just the X-ray attacks and everything else like that. Like, example, Robocop just literally punches a hole right through the middle of people. <laughs> yeah. And they get up and it's like, yep, that's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> But if we're going to talk about which is the better ones and everything, it's better than the second Mortal Kombat live-action film, which is not yeah. a hard achievement at Annihilation. all. Yeah, but yeah. everything Mortal Kombat related, the first live-action film still beats everything. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still recommend to watching it day. We actually watched it recently as well, and the Johnny Cage versus Scorpion fight is phenomenally <laughs> choreographed. It's yeah. because it's actually two martial artists properly going at it and everything, and... Fun fact about it is that when Scorpion dies, Johnny Cage drops his autograph, which actually appeared before the friendship in Mortal Kombat 2. So mm. that was actually a really cool that nod to the film and everything else like that, as well as the technical effects for Goro himself has actually held up very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was uh, puppetry. Yeah, it was actually a pu- yeah, it was a puppetry with animatronics. Yeah. Well, um, one of the guys I sometimes do a podcast with, um, Paul A. He is obsessed with Mortal Kombat. And he, <laughs> he was watching the movie the other day and basically I told two key scenes that make that movie a hit. Yeah. That's the one with Johnny Cage and he goes through the, um, the cobwebs and he's like, they went this way. It's like, obviously they didn't. Yeah, yeah. I can smell it. She came through yeah, here. I can smell <laughs> the perfume. And the other one is uh, when Katana and Liu Kang are fighting and then they don't fight. And then, what is it? Shang Tsung is yeah. like, you have failed me, Katana. Yeah. And just cleaves and at, doesn't yeah, take a soul. At, at least in the uh, the Scorpion's Revenge, like it's not a spoiler or anything, but Liu Kang and Katana do fight again. But Katana's like, oh, I yield. And it's like, at least she said that. In yeah. the original movie, like it's like, oh, the fight's over, that's it. It's like, what? That's actually huh? like, that's one of the details <laughs> I like actually about Mortal Kombat 11, that the DLC Shang Tsung is from the first movie one. Yeah. The same yeah. actor. And it, it's exactly the same, like the camera point of, <gasps> your soul is mine. Yeah, they <laughs> do all the references. That. Yeah, they, they love the... Uh, 
the guy, the original crew that's still there, like from the back in the day. I think it's only like three guys or whatnot, but they love the original Mortal Kombat movie, so they always sneak in references whenever they can. It's because it was just an amazing film. Yeah. Like, and still, for a video game movie, it was probably one of the best ever. Well, that's mm. the thing. A lot of people didn't even realize it was a video game when they saw it. They yeah. just thought it was a decent martial arts film <laughs> where this magical dude just throws a ball of ice and just kills someone instantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> saw his guts and everything. Almost made me <laughs> lost my lunch. <laughs> So back to Sega. Yeah, Sega. Wait, um, no, not no. that one. No, that actually counts for their history <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> well, that that was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but, so, actually, but actually, when in the meantime, speaking of Sega in general, they've yep. actually been pumping out great games, as I mentioned. Uh, lately, there was the remake of Panzer Dragoon, which is on the Sega Saturn, and I recommend it is a one-for-one remake, but with just better graphics. Mm. The soundtrack was phenomenal. The art style was already phenomenal, based off um, uh, Mobius, a French artist and everything, which uh, he did all the artwork and everything for. Gameplay, one-for-one. It's exactly Panzer Dragoon, and it costs way less than would buying a Sega Saturn to actually getting to play this game and everything. Then, of course, there was Streets of Rage 4, which came out. Uh, which I played all the way through, which was actually phenomenal. It was Streets of Rage 4, which yep. is actually what you want from a game is to actually be a proper sequel. There's a lot of East, there's a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of fan service, and of course there are ways to actually unlock past bosses from the other games and everything. And and of course the big question is: Is the soundtrack good? It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, and I think they made it so you can unlock every ca- character from previous Streets of Rage uh, iterations. They're well, all good. they're all in their sprite forms, but you know you can list plays them. Yeah, mm. but the main factor is is that the gameplay was actually improved on, mm. uh, where you're actually if you get knocked down, you can actually do a safety roll to get away and everything. And uh, most of it, most of it was already very technical as it was in the first place. It's just that alone would change changed everything, so it made it yeah. more faster pace of fighting and everything else like that. Uh, of course, there's moments where you can tell they put it in to purposely mess with the player. Like, there's going to be moments where you're just going to get bombarded by characters who are going to throw projectiles and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but in general, uh, the only real I, any complaint I could really say is that I really was hoping that they were going to actually draw sprites for the ninjas like they did for Streets of Rage 2 and 3, but they just made hmm. the cop characters just black. <laughs> that, that was it. It's just like that was a bit of a downer. But at the same yeah. time... Everything else, what the game for itself and its content is actually a proper sequel. It continues on from the story. It's actually Mr. X's two children who are now a part of the crime family and taken over. And it's mm. just your old man Axel now. All the characters have aged now and everything. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Blaze, whoo! <laughs> basically to sum up. Uh, but yeah, this game is exactly what you want. It, it's visually beautiful. It's amazing soundtrack. It's tight gameplay. It's exactly what you wanted from a Streets of Rage game. Mm. Uh, the same studio also worked on the Monster Boy, uh, both the remakes of the original and Dragon's Curse, their original one that they made as well. Yeah, I think it was from the success from the uh, the Monster Boy remake that they did. They uh, they were like, oh, what kind of other properties can we look into bringing back? So they bring back this. Yeah, and I think the the one downside about the game though is it's four player local co op, but it's only two player online co op. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's and, pretty weird. And it's like, why? Yeah, you don't understand why. Why did you? That's and when you think about it. If that's the only main complaint at the same time, it's like everything else. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned before, Sakura Awards. Uh, just to break down the series, this is a series that's been pretty much exclusive to Japan. Uh, I got to play the second one because I had a friend who actually imported a white Japanese satin and everything. Yeah. Uh, it used to be... Anyone know Final Fantasy Tactics? That's kind of RPG gameplay with the gridlocks and everything, and then you do the tacks. You put, put the characters into play. It's like Fire Emblem and everything. That's what yeah. it is. Um, but basically, that series was more about... 
again, it's more of uh, like kind of a dating sim on the side at the back. That's what it came down to because the characters, in, because of how the characters interact with each other before the battles and everything will actually determine of your stats when going into the battle and everything. And so basically, yeah, the new Sakura War that finally actually got released, it's all out on the PS4. The main characters were designed by TT Kubo. I'm guessing that's the pro- correct pronunciation of his <laughs> name or anything, but... Just to sum up, he's the guy that pretty much created Bleach, which yeah. uh, everyone knows straight away. So the character designs are very – each one stand out. They're very all unique and everything. They're all very memorable and everything. Mm. And though I think the joke that we were going over with it is um, you can do this, do this at home as well. You, uh, you show all your friends all the robot fights. It's like, oh, man, this awesome robot action game, and don't tell them about any of the, uh, the mundane oh, yeah. uh, relationship stuff and see how they react. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> just show like, them all the, the cool battles. What the fuck bat- is this game? <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of it is basically a lot of, it's like, oh, you need to meet this person and everything else like that and do all this other side missions and talk to people and everything else like that. Yeah. But like I said, it was done episodically, and as I said, I think how this game was designed would actually make a perfect Evangelion game, as mm. I was saying by it. Uh, of course, I had a bit of a thought about what you could do. Basically, you could make it that Shinji's fighting an angel. That's a new one that was invented. That makes him go, takes him into another dimension, but it repeats the same ones and more angels on top and everything while doing all the other stories that associate. We've seen where Shinji goes. He goes yeah. to school and he goes back to all the <laughs> other places and everything else like that. But there'd yeah. still be all the talks and relationships. And you'd be able to, mo- and here's another twist you'd be able to you'd be able to do the same fights, but there'd be different endings to them as well because Shinji already knows about them and everything else like that while doing that. Yeah, so you'd mostly cool. be able to, when, remember, was it which Ava that went berserk? Was it number. The, um. Unit zero? Yeah, I've, we're not sure which is not zero. I think that was Ray's one. But basically, yeah. it was the mm-hmm. American one that went berserk and everything. Oh, yeah, that oh, was unit um, three. Was it three or four? Yeah, because it was the fourth one, and zero is the first one. Yeah, oh, yeah Ray was yeah. the first. Yeah, yeah. there's one, and there's two. The, yeah, the, the, the black base, one. Yeah. Yeah, the black one. So basically, Hoshi's what, one. Yeah. yeah, but that's how it would work is that basically Shinji would know how to take the pod away and get away from it and everything else like that to actually save it and everything. And you could probably have a whole different story of a different in turnout of events and everything else like that. That'd be cool. It'd kind of be like Telltale's Evangelion. Yeah. Mm. Just with less dialogue. Yeah. Well, that's basically what that's. And you could still go through exactly all the same events of the show or anything, or you could actually get these alternate paths so fans could actually get a different perspective of what happens and everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you perfectly end the game. You fight that one that sends you back, and then you go straight into the end of the Evangelion as the last pass. That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but but you don't want to make money. It'll, It'll never not the, happen. Not the end of Ava. At the, at the end, it'll be... Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. But, um... So, yeah. So, what was the first system you bought for a Sega system, what was the first one you had? Oh, well, my mom got me the Master System. Yep. Yeah, it came with Alex the Kid built in because when you walk in, you think about it, it already has a game built in and the first <laughs> game that was actually she bought with it was actually really cool. My first ever game I owned for the Master System was Double Dragon. Oh, yep. Yeah. Top game. Yeah, fantastic game. Uh, but most of the time I didn't own any of the games because back then it used to be much cheaper, the renting games and everything. Mm, and it uh, was, you know, what your parents bought you and that's what you got. Yep, that's how it always was. Um <laughs> Eventually got me a Sega Mega Drive, and most of the games I had again were what got bought to me and everything else. I think, yeah, that was the first ever game I actually purchased myself. Like, I worked aside jobs and everything, doing babysitting and cleaning people's pools and gutters and everything. So it was Sonic the Hedgehog free yep. that I actually saved up and bought for myself and everything. Um, Not then, cools. And then came the Sega Saturn, and of course, I bought games for it. But mum's like, you don't own a Sega Saturn. I was like, yeah, I know. 
the same. <laughs> and of course, that's when mum bought it for Christmas. But unfortunately, I didn't know the price that it was 899 Australian dollars when it came Ooh. out. I'm so sorry, mum. I'm so sorry. Holy Man. shit. But yeah, that's how, because again, the Sega Saturn was a system that had two processors in it, which was, again, no system had two processors mm. in it at the same time and everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's how they were able to get their arcade games running on it and everything else like that. And Great time and everything, but of course I was a dumb kid back then and one of my friends was going to move over state, so I gave him the Saturn and all, everything else like that. He's like, yeah, ah. there you go. I've, don't worry, I've gotten my Saturn and all games that I never even owned and all the greats and everything else like that. Then came the Dreamcast, which I actually skipped on because, again, I was still in high school. I didn't have a job or anything, and I kind of dropped out of video games for a bit because mm. I had the N64, and I was just running with that in the meantime. Just yeah, you going. went through your My Chemical Romance phase yeah, of my, um, being uh, a youth. Oh, no, it was the corn phase. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah, the that's My Chemical corn, Romance that's when I had the, uh, your that's, generation. Uh, that's when I had the long hair, and I had the plaits, <laughs> and I had the steel cap boots when I went there, and I was always depressed. The overgrown corn t-shirt with the doll. No, you want to add, I went to like the Catholic school, so you had to have the school uniform so I had all that and everything but they couldn't do anything about my hair because it was technically clean and everything else like that (laughs) and it was all bright everything all that and uh but yeah it was mostly just that's the focus that's when I that was my first Nintendo system I owned my dad gave me an N64 it's the only gift my dad ever got me in my entire life (laughs) I got my birthday and that was my two games I got he got me which was Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey phenomenal and Doom 64 which is phenomenal as well which I recently played through uh, on the Brutal Doom mod, which is a fantastic game, which I recommend to anyone to play through. Uh, but then pretty much when that happened, it's like Sega went belly up and I never thought about Dreamcast or anything in general. But when I got older, I realized how great, how many arcade ports and everything came through and eventually made my own collection and everything. Uh, but that's when I pretty much jumped onto the Nintendo bandwagon at the time. I uh, had the... Because I rented a PS1 from the Video Easy and everything. It'd come in the middle case and everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's how you used to rent it. And I used to rent all the time for Street Fighter Alpha 2. I loved Street Fighter Alpha 2. I just played that game all the time when it came <laughs> down to it. Um, but then basically, yeah, that's when they got the GameCube. And I actually, because this is when I already left high school, about 15 years old. I only had myself a full-time job and everything. So that's when I had Rogue Squadron and Luigi's Mansion at launch <laughs> and Smash Brothers and... You know, I did everything when it came to the GameCube, like stacks of games and everything. And again, I did the trade-in, but don't worry, I already go back in and everything <laughs> to get an Xbox and a PS2. And I had, again, a massive collection of PS2 and Xbox. And I sold the Xbox to my brother-in-law. Um, Good trade. And then, oh, that's what he did. He just wanted a, mostly a DVD player, but he basically it's a, it was it's an excellent DVD player yeah. when it comes yeah. down to it. It was better than the PlayStation 2s at the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was trash. And then... That's when I got the Xbox 360, uh, and then I got the Wii at the same time, which was the big thing back then. And everyone had a Wii 360 at the same time. You were getting the HD games on the 360, and you get yep. the Nintendo stuff and the classic stuff on the Wii. Uh, then that garbage Wii U came out, <laughs> which I owned. <laughs> the but tablet. I had to, but I had the PS3. But hey, I had the PS3 later in the system's life and everything, and then I had. The PS4 much more early in the life in the same time. Uh, but then, of course, everyone remembers Xbox One's complete blunder of saying no use games and yeah. trading and everything. And if that's, it's offline, you'll get locked out. Yeah, and yeah. that's why everyone's trying just, to make it a family system. Yeah, everyone just, and of course, everyone just bailed on that system straight away and everything else like that. And in the meantime, now I've got a Switch, and basically, we're coming up to the next systems coming up right now for the new. Uh, Xbox One X, is that its name? Or? Yeah, the Xbox One X, X the Xbox PlayStation Series one X. X. X times X, triple X, yeah. the Pornhub machine. But th- that's basically it. It's like, no, can we have normal, con- like PlayStation 5? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The Xbox One X is uh, the the kit that I've seen, well, the, sp- 
what it looks like, apparently. It looks like my modem that I currently have. It's just this tall tower. Yeah, a little mini tower. That's <laughs> what like, it looks what like. What the fuck? And the PlayStation 5 looks like a docking station at a space satellite. Mm. Yeah, we've only seen the control, but we haven't seen the system itself. Yeah, I don't think we've actually seen the No, there's been some art. There's some, a dev, we've yeah. seen the dev kit oh, that yeah. looks like that. Yeah. It looks yeah, like yeah, a toilet that's right. seat. That's, yeah, that's what <laughs> But there's also been some rumours. Um, some data miners have found some things about the Switch's possible next console. Yeah, we're approaching. We're we're at now the fourth year of the Switch. <coughs> yeah, because that yeah the fourth or the third, the end of the third year or the fourth year of the Switch, and Nintendo will always release a system five years after. Yeah, of course. That's Nintendo what is notoriously known for releasing another version of their own console. Yeah, yeah. And I think they will be. It's not going to be a Switch Pro, but my theory is what they did first. They had the Switch, then they had the Switch Lite. Yeah. Now I think they're gonna have a Switch that's not dockable. Like a, a like a no so screen make, switch. Yeah, it'll just be like a hard like, like console a hard version. console. Yeah, yeah. hard like con- just goes straight into the TV. Yeah, yeah most cause, likely because Nintendo has to realize like in this day and age, um, the digital market is bigger than ever. So if they make a you know a switch that's you know made for the home and made to download shit, then you know. Well, that's what it is. They pretty much make a killing of their current digital market in the meantime. Yeah, um, it just. But like I said, it came like I said down to well, we were having discussion about before. I think the biggest waste is the virtual console more than anything else. It oh, worked yeah. on the Wii and the Wii U, and there's enormous amount of retro games and stuff. And now Nintendo's yeah. just like, oh, we're just going to have little trickle of the tap yeah, of games coming they're, out. They're slowly trickling them out, but they're including them in their subscription service. And it's like, why don't you just release these for like two bucks a piece? Yeah. Like, like the weirdest thing on the Wii and the Wii U was like they were like releasing their games, which was great, but they were like eight dollars a game. And it's <laughs> yeah. like this this game came out in like nineteen ninety. Like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, compared to American prices, like America's only paid five bucks for the NES games, and that we pay more as we do in Australia. We always pay more for everything. Everything. Uh, mm-hmm. The only probably interesting rumor I heard about next generation is that Microsoft was actually cons- uh, this is of course a rumor, nothing's true about it, and I don't <laughs> believe it. But if it is, I'll import a system. If that's the case, is that Microsoft were planning to make a deal with Sega that if they released their system in Japan, that it would be called the Sega Xbox, basically. Yeah. And it'd be like, <laughs> if I get a chance to own a system with a Sega logo on it, I'll import it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, and it makes sense too, because I'm not too sure about the, the numbers in Japan, but I'm sure sure that Xbox terrible. isn't doing as well as you know PS4 and oh, Switch. Oh, terrible. Yeah. It's basically the Switch is the killer in Japan. It's become the dominant market in Japan and everything. And so that really brings up the question with the other two systems. Are they going to still go on with the big power path and everything when it's pretty much determined in Japan? Japan's gone mobile. Japan loves their handheld system. Like That's the main reason why the Vita kept on living for so long. Oh, yeah. Because of the Japanese market. They were doing like shitloads of like virtual novel games and dating games and whatever. We started shitting on Blizzard for the same reason. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but it comes down to, like, when I went to Japan, I saw everyone was playing Dragon Quest on their phones. Yeah. That's what I saw everywhere, on the trains, in public, everywhere and else like that. It's just the market there. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, it's different living conditions compared to ours and yeah. everything. And right? plus, you know, they really don't have weekends. Like, Sunday is their one-day arrest, so they're yeah. constantly busy, constantly on the move. So yeah. it's perfect for them, but, you know, not so much for us. But I guess the Western world is driven by power. Yeah. Like, we're di- driven, like, did you say that uh, the PS5, uh, what was it, the dev kit? Demo or whatever it was. Oh yeah, the dev oh yeah yeah thing. the uh, the Unreal Five engine. Yeah, yeah. but it, it looked it, all right. It looks yeah. a, it looks all right, but at the same time, I remember seeing the exact same thing on the 360 and the Xbox One. Yeah, and exactly. I never said anything matched that. It's just it looks great, but yeah. who's gonna honestly have the budget to make something of that it's, level? It's more or less like just gonna help out devs. Like they were talking about, it. it's like we have to spend time, like you know 
making things you know compatible with the current engines that we have today but yeah. with this engine we can take stuff like right from the programs that we have and just plop them right in so it'll it'll hopefully like speed up game development in the long run oh yeah but yeah. graphically the games will look better yeah because definitely. they're going directly from zbrush into it and dropping models directly made into it but the only thing that i could think of the whole entire thing time that i was watching that demo was like naughty dog studios watching it being like huh this is pretty cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, speaking of those guys, what the fuck is happening over there? Yeah, yeah, we're not going to drop any spoilers, but basically, what we've seen. Yeah, we from, haven't we haven't watched any spoiler related yeah. things. Well, I have, but I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, anything. But isn't it I, just convenient when your game isn't finished, so you release spoilers yeah, of your game, so you can it's justify like, delay? Oh, well, yeah, we need more time. We're going to delay the game. Oh, we we need more time, so we're not going to release it ever. Oh, the spoilers. Okay, it's coming out. Coming out now, guys. Come yeah. On. Well, I actually heard it was actually a dispute between developers because it was Naughty Dog were promising their staff that they were going to get bonuses for this and then yeah. they were told and that's when the spoils actually dropped directly from you could tell they yes. were directly from the development kit because yeah. when you've been working on the game for so long and it's like you have a set date it's like alright it's going to come out now and then it's like when's it going to come out never I'm going to work on this forever fuck you guys I'm going <laughs> to spoil this shit yeah so that's basically, and again, the the hilarious story out of all that was that Sony actually themselves released a new trailer to upgrade it, and then they copy strike, uh, copyright strike themselves and got it taken <laughs> down. So I was like, good job there. Oh, <laughs> so it's still slated for, is it this month? Yes. Yeah, I think it's 17? coming out in, what, one week? It better be fucking finished. Yeah. Like, if it's buggy or glitchy, I know people are going to be like, oh, but let's give them a chance. They've delayed it so many times to iron out this stuff. If yeah, there's exactly. still problems, then... Yeah. Fuck, they already released coronavirus onto the world to delay their game. <laughs> yeah. What else are they going to do? Yeah. Fucking hell, clickers everywhere. But um, what we'll do, we'll duck it in the promo zone. Yep. And when we come back, we'll talk about some more of your favorite Sega games mm-hmm. and your favorite Sega games. Sure. But and we'll talk about the only Sega system I've had, the Dreamcast. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Nice. yeah. I was growing up. So, into the promo zone. I just like doing this. I'm <laughs> related. This, this is unrelated to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real-life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wonder Soul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wonder Soul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. friends and potential lovers have you ever felt so passionately after watching a tv show or a movie but not have a pal to share it with allow us the honor of keeping you company with our weekly podcast for your reference with your hosts kt and ot each episode we break down our hot takes that you'll either ardently agree or vehemently disagree with like subs versus dubs. How important is a cohesive narrative? What's with the popularity of the relatable villain? Is it possible to be truly objective in spite of your own experiences? And most importantly, are you getting a clue and which direction is it pointing? Come on now, it's pointing towards for your reference. 
That's a great reference. If you've got a little room in your rotation for some salacious frivolity, check out for your reference wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Sedge. And this is King Kegel, aka Lightsaber Ninja. And we're two of the three hosts of Gaming Casual, a gaming podcast where three idiots discuss games in the gaming industry casually. Sometimes we get along, sometimes we disagree, and sometimes we go on 45-minute rants about consoles that haven't released yet. Hey, 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 I'm innocent here. Bullshit. Check us out on Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes release every Thursday. And not for nothing, but every single person that listens to our podcast happens to be a genius. And attractive. And we're back. I'm right. <laughs> Don't forget to check out those podcasts. There's some really good friends of ours. Yeah. And very devoted fans of the show. It's yeah. Don't be one of those guys that say you're not going to do it. Come on, guys. Pick <coughs> up slack. Even you, Andrew. Yeah. Fucking Andrew. We haven't yeah. talked to him for a while. Yeah. I hope we're okay. Yeah. I hope you're still alive, like... Andrew. I'm sorry what we said, but you know, you still got to get your stuff together, man. Yeah, yeah man. I understand <laughs> lockdown and coronavirus. So that, that doesn't mean you have to keep sleeping on your mom's couch and yeah, not exactly. having a job. You got to pick up the pace, man. Yeah, man. There's jobs everywhere. You got to have a life, man. Yeah. Just do it, man. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. So, Sega. Sega. One of your Sega. favorite games. We'll start with Dylan. <laughs> Because I know uh, yours will take a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there will be a genre, a time, and a year. That's really a tough one for me because I did not grow Shenmue. up. <laughs> I did not actually grow up with Sega at all. I was a big, big Nintendo kid until the Wii. And mm-hmm. I think that's like the first Nintendo console I ended up sleeping on. So Sega was always kind of like, like a weird thing on the site, which is weird because Sega in Australia was apparently more popular than Nintendo. But Yes, that's actually the fact, that it, yeah. was, it was actually more popular in Australia and Europe. Yeah, but for some reason that was like, Brazil. You, know, you know, like Mario and Zelda, those appeared to you. And when yeah. Sega was like, all I saw was like, hey, there's Sonic. It's got <laughs> Sonic. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, but, I think the big turnaround was because Sega actually had the sports games at the time. Yeah. So they had a lot of the sports licenses and everything else like that. So that actually drew in most of the older gamers at the mm. same time. Uh, Nintendo still had some sports games like the standard EA ones or anything. But when it came to much more variety of sports, it was a mostly bigger one on the Sega. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think the first time I actually got to sit down with the Sega console was <laughs> when a friend of mine did have a Dreamcast. And I got to sit down with like Sonic Adventure, Crazy Taxi, Soul Calibur 1. And play those, so it's tough for me to say, but I don't know. I guess Shemu. <laughs> that's probably like the most I've played of Sega, really, because sure, they got a re-release. Psychic Wars twenty forty. Yeah, <laughs> what a gem. And, a, and aside from that, probably Sonic Mania in recent years. That as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, even though it's not a you know a mainstay Sonic title, I guess <laughs> it is technically. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nick? Uh, that's it's a hard thing for me because again I grew up in the arcade era and everything so I played Sega games in the arcade and then I play them at home and everything um, and again you got to I have a book recently that I posted up on my Instagram of all the big cabinets of yep. the old classic ones and everything and they were phenomenal to you understand when you went into an arcade and actually saw an actual outrun arcade cabinet or an actual afterburner and everything these were proper your own like set you got to people don't understand that back then when you had your own cabinet with its own like surround sound built in and everything yep. that was not the norm or anything else like that today it's the norm because arcades are amusement rides more than anything else <laughs> like that but that was like top of the line tech everything back then and everything about that um, a lot of 
again, a lot of like a lot of stuff that I used to see in the arcades and everything actually are now be, that were you back then were today uh, were implied to today's consoles, like including like motion sensors and everything else like that when it came around to it. Uh, but when it always came down to it, I think about probably the most of out of any Sega stuff that I actually played or anything. Of course, it's, of course, it's original Mega Drive, Sonic the Hedgehogs, and everything. Um, but like I said, there's just too many for me to actually pick from for having me get series yeah. that I enjoyed and everything else like that. It's um, when it came down to the Saturn and everything. Like each, like there were always certain ones that I could always say, like Daytona USA. Loved that one in the arcade and played it all the time. Uh, played it on the Saturn and everything. Loved Virtual Cop. I uh, love, yeah, <laughs> Virtual, Virtual Cop. Cop. Yeah, Virtual Cop 1 and 2 were fantastic and actually came with the proper light guns and everything, which I have. Works with the CRT and everything. <laughs> hmm. um, then, of course, like I said, with arcades, I loved OutRun because that yeah. was like your chance to drive a Ferrari and everything else like that. Not just that, being violent accidents and be thrown out of the car with oh, your yeah. partner. After <laughs> burning, you're flying a jet and everything else like that. There was just, uh, and of course, you got to remember, they had like force motion feedback and everything. So it actually rocked with you and everything, like the cockpit yeah. and everything else like that. Mm. It was like a completely different time when in. It came to everything else, but it's like when I break it down and everything else like that, it's just, yeah, when I think about it, it's just, it, I could always pick, you can ask me which systems of which games I'd always loved for each system. I can actually tell you it. it's like the Masters, so I can easily say straight away, it's like Double Dragon and the Asterix and Obelix game and Alex the Kid, of course, naturally and everything. Uh, same with the Monster, uh, the Wonder Boy, Monster Boy series that were on there. And then it came the Mega Drive and it was like the Streets of Rage series, the arcade ports that got ported to the Mega Drive because that was the big turnaround, like yeah. Golden Axe and everything were all coming out on that system. And then, of course, the Saturn came out and that's where you had like Die Hard, the arcade, you had Virtual Cop, you had Daytona, you had the Street Fighter Alpha series on there. You had, um, again, with the six-button controller, it was perfect because yeah. light, medium, hard, light, medium for all for, for a fighting game controller in general. Uh, then, of course, came the Dreamcast with all its arcade calls, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Like, it's the perfect port of Marvel vs. Capcom 2, the arcade, except with the unlocking character parts. But Yeah, and possible uh, loading times. And loading times. The same with, um, <laughs> same with like, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. That was a perfect arcade port as well. And it was, again, when you think about the sequels to Die Hard, which is called Dynamite Cop, and, of course, there was another game called Cannon Spike, but Capcom released so many good games on the Dreamcast when I think about it. Mm. Cannon Spike was a top-down... Uh, shooter basically based where you played as Cammy and Mega Man and all these other characters and everything against giant mech bosses and everything and <laughs> and you know that's a lot of times people actually got to see a game system run at 60 frames a second like yeah. in Australia and everything it was like arcade ports and everything first time seeing Soul Calibur and of course Shenmue as itself was influenced a boring game but it influence of everything <laughs> well then um, uh, answer me this if it was so great then why did it fail yeah well, I can tell you it's why. Very good because, question. <laughs> no, I can actually tell you the reasons why Shenmue didn't do well because it's oh, not it, the, not Shenmue, Dreamcast in general. Oh, Dreamcast in general, yeah. piracy. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that why because it, within the first year, people figured out that you can actually just put the Dreamcast game into your PC and rip the file straight away onto it onto a CDR, and you put it in this Dreamcast, and it would not tell the difference. Damn. So basically, once that happened, someone made the first rips and put them straight on the internet and then there was basically L games fell off a cliff when it came to everything that's when I remember uh, when I first got a Dreamcast I actually got one and it came with a whole black folder you know this old CD folders yep. mm. and just open up and it was just stacks and stacks and stacks of games and wow. everything else like that and it has a name like written on with a sharpie yeah with yep. a sharpie and everything and they all worked and everything else like that and Damn. it's like someone coming back from Bali with a bunch of DVDs but that's what it was for the system there was just no copyright protection or anything on the system whatsoever versus the Saturn was like only just got figured out now yeah but versus then it was just so easy 
Like, mm. even I was ripping games and everything back then with a 56K connection and everything else like that. Oh, and, it, and it wouldn't be something that they wouldn't think of because in Japan, like, you know, there's very little thievery, you know. Oh, yeah, there's no that, piracy in So Japan. it wouldn't be, it'd be just something that they wouldn't think of. So yeah. it'd be understandable why they wouldn't even implement it. Yeah, that was the main problem. It's like they had some really great tech and everything else like that, but just there's no copyright protection onto, on it whatsoever. Yeah. And that's what was the big downfall of it. And then, of course, comes the next biggest part is the Shenmue 1 and 2 legacy about it is that Shenmue 1 and 2, were, Shenmue 1 was the most expensive game ever made back then. You have to realise this, people. Yeah, what was it, it like 2 million? Something it, like that? $19 million. Oh, $19 million. <laughs> a, bit, a bit more than what I said. Yeah, $19 million Just in a early bit. in 2000 is... Re- if you do inflation and everything, we're up into the 300 million area or something yeah. else like that. No, and 30, but, 30 million. Yeah, probably. 30 million much more and yeah, everything yeah. else yeah, like it, that. If you look at what came out at the same time, you know, have like Ocarina of Time, but then yeah. you look at Shenmue and it's like, you know, full like full character rendering and, you know, mouth movements and all this detail. And yeah, it's like, actual crap. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you saw exactly, like there was actually proper impact of when you did the moves and characters into it, 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 it acted wet that way. It's basically, if you like the Yakuza series, Shenmue was the one was the building block to yeah. leading for the Yakuza series. Uh, but that's basically what it came down to is like Shenmue was such a technical juggernaut when you think about it. this you got to remember it was set in a time period of japan in 1980 they got the weather correct of yeah. the time period that happened and everything else like that yeah and of course then comes down to everything the stores and everything were all set up at the correct time period what the arcade machines were and everything time and of course real time real timing of it and everything else like that you had to go in real time to these events to uh, get exactly yeah. it's like oh you got up in the morning to do this thing in the evening guess what you gotta wait yeah you gotta, <laughs> you gotta wait, wait in real time and there's no skipping oh. it or anything as yep. well like that and <laughs> and of course that's what happens again is that that game was so much of the development that it needed to sell two of, it needed to sell three million tops and it barely just sold a million yeah. so that was money less and that's when Sega had the brilliant idea of like let's make a second one <laughs> the exact same budget and everything else and barely sells a million again so it's like yeah. no wonder it went belly it really eat it into their finances and they had to become merger with a pachinko company it was just <laughs> Yu Suzuki ran him into the ground. Yeah, <laughs> you have it. too many debts with us. And even Shenmue 3 didn't sell as much as expected. And Yu Suzuki was like, yeah, I think we're like halfway done with the story now. And it's like, what are you, insane? Yeah, it was <laughs> meant to end it free. And he just wants to keep milking. He's like, no, it's over. Let it yeah. go. So just stop him. He's yeah. like, you're bleeding money, man. Because originally it was supposed to be like an eight-part series or something like insane like that. Jesus. Well, it's set up to be a trilogy. But then he turned around and said it's eight parts. Like, you're yeah. not going to make it to eight parts. <laughs> well, maybe like each part is the trilogy part. So the, this is a trilogy of the first part of a trilogy. So one, two, and three is a trilogy <laughs> of part one. part one. Yeah. And then there's part two. Trilogy. Part two. <laughs> Coming 20, 2030. Yeah. I think you guys are all missing probably one of the best games on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. And that is Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. No, that was on a GameCube. That was no. a port to GameCube. But that's um, what I actually say that's really good about the GameCube as well, <clears throat> is that I was able to pick up... Dreamcast games that I was not able to get anymore, and they actually improved onto the GameCube as well, including Sonic Adventure Two Battle, uh, Skies of Arcadia, a phenomenal RPG. Oh man, that's that's what I was going to say next. Like <laughs> Skies of Arcadia was my like go to game. Yeah, and then they brought out Legends on GameCube, and then now you, there's like two copies in the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> and they cost like seven billion dollars each. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, good luck finding this anywhere else. I was yeah. like, fuck off. But that was actually a really good time when Sega first started as a third-party publisher. Like I said, they all started to port the arcade stuff, like Crazy Taxi. It yeah. runs perfectly on the GameCube and everything. Great games and everything else like that. Mm. Um, but then, of course, there's the PS2 era where they tried to bring back their 
older stuff that didn't Shinobi stuck, but everything else that they brought back didn't stick as well. <laughs> so, uh, but then eventually, but of course, same with the Sonic series that had a big drop off after the Dreamcast and everything when it came to its 3D games and everything. Uh, lots of bad stories and lots of bad yeah. events and everything. It's like, oh. hey, let's try everything yeah. so wait, and so see what works. Oh, Sonic nothing Adventure. works. <laughs> it was Sonic Adventure. Then it was Sonic Adventure Two. They made Sonic Heroes. That wasn't too bad. Yeah, that yeah. was a decent one. And, and that's actually fun. Yeah. fun fact about Sonic Heroes is that it was actually made that it would run at maximum effort output on each system. So if mm. you had a PS2 version, it ran the PS2 at its maximum effort. Same with the GameCube and same with the Xbox. They actually put in the effort to making an individual engine for each oh, one right. of those. And then we had what, Sonic 06? Is that next? Uh, or was it Sonic Black No, it's Shadow the Hedgehog. Was the uh, next one. We don't and, talk about that. <laughs> and yeah, you want a, a quick history of Shadow the Hedgehog when they first showed it off is basically they showed Shadow with the gun and everything and he picks up watermelon slices instead of rings. Yeah. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> it's Sega. That's why I always say it's every like, time when they think of stuff like that. It's like Shadow has exactly the same moves as Sonic in the games, but it's like, oh, you get a gun now. Yeah. Why? My my favorite comparison to though from the uh, the so- original Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon where Sonic's like, "Oh, don't pick up a gun, kids," and then direct cut to Sonic Shadow the Hedgehog where he's using a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then, oh, sorry. Oh, well, you gonna go one first? I was just gonna say after Shadow, it was um, that was 06, wasn't it? Yeah. Then it? that's when. Yeah. yeah that's when they. Sure. Yeah. That was basically they rushed it out to launch. Um, and of course, everyone tried to act like it's not Sega's fault for doing it. It's like, no, nobody held a gun to their head and made them rush the game and everything. Yeah. And <coughs> then, of course, we had next was the one where he turns into a werehog, and then we had the oh, ones yeah, on the Sonic Wii Unleashed, with and the ring, like the Sonic Arabian the Black rings. Knight yeah, and, and where and he Black, went back in time or something. Yeah, yeah. He went back in time. The knights and the game actually made you when you had to go through the credits. Then it continued the rest of the game. So the majority of people that played it went, "Oh, I already beat the game. It was really short and returned it." <laughs> Great, great idea. Um, and then, of course, we had the Sonic... Four? No, it wasn't Sonic... F- yeah, then no, there, was- there, was, there was another one for the Wii that wasn't too bad, apparently. That was Sonic Colors. That yeah, was Sonic actually, Colors. Sonic Colors was yeah. actually really good. Yeah. yeah. And I can actually testify to that. I say it's probably one of the only good modern 3D Sonic games. It had a mad theme song. Mm. And mad, not only great theme song, great soundtrack. And Cubot and Orb, the character, the robots that are in Sonic... Um, what's the show? The one that's based off it. Uh, just a... Uh, Sonic X is no, it? not Sonic X, the 3D one, the recent one. That's actually oh, Sonic really, Boom. Sonic yeah, Sonic Boom. Boom. Yeah. That's where they actually debuted from in that game. Oh yeah, and that's they transferred over and everything else like that, and they actually became the witty robots and everything. Oh god, so many great lines from that show. <laughs> when I think about it, um, they'll never beat Scratching Grounder though. Yeah, Scratching yeah. Grounder, yeah. the original cartoon. Uh, and of course, but yeah, then there was that, and then it came down to Sonic that, and the Lost World. Yeah, Sonic and the Lost World. That's okay, mm, not really great. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time. Uh, my yeah. bragging right is that I actually was like in the top three worldwide for like some of the maps and everything. I was like, yeah, I did it. But you had to unlock Super Sonic to get those other ones. I'm like, eh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got, of course, to Sonic Generations where basically uh, it's just them revamping the older stuff over and over again. And then, mm. of course, that's at the same time Sonic 4 came out and it was obviously made for an iPhone game oh, yeah. and everything. Sonic 4 Episode 1 and 2. Yep. Yeah, and... This is a historic fact about it that they would give it. They would actually give you money on Steam to download those games, and I refused to play them. <laughs> um, they were not very good. They did not deserve the title of Sonic Four whatsoever. They were nothing even close to the Mega Drive games. They were just the modern Sonics that were on the handhelds. The other ones, like on the DS and the Game Boy Advance ones, where they yeah. were just very 
because when it came down to the old Sonic Mega Drive games, there's multiple layers and ways for you to get around and everything and different paths and everything to finding like the special zones and everything else like that. In the other ones, it's just boost, 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 you win. <laughs> That's how it always was. And I hated that style of gameplay with yeah. like the 3D Sonic games, just boost, boost, but boost, But now boost, he's boost. fast. Like you remember. Remember <laughs> when he was fast and direct comparison to him on a lava stage where he's moving really slow. Yeah, first <laughs> lava stage and levels where they actually had proper platforming and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then it came, but then like I said, then that's when Sonic Mania came out because you actually had fans of it who were like, no, you can make them exactly like the Mega Drive games and everything else like that. Yeah. yeah. And they did a phenomenal effort. I've beaten that game three times and gotten mm. all everything. And including a nice little touch was that the bonus level has a low poly frit model of Sonic, what he would look like if he was on the Sega Saturn. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So that's a really nice touch that they put in everything. Yeah. Same with the soundtrack and same with all levels of references to older games and all the characters that appeared every time and everything. Um, and then, of course, it's, now we had the new, the newer Sonics that came out, which no one paid attention to anymore. Uh, because Sonic Racing that, R, that came out. Well, there was the racing games and everything, but like I said, it was I more... I was of, thinking of Sonic Forces. Yeah, like uh. Sonic Forces, no one <laughs> thinks about that or anything. But there was like other spin... But like we, we were talking about spin-offs. There's been plenty of other spin-offs. Like there was Sonic the Fighters, where that wasn't a very good game. And then <laughs> no. there was... Uh, when it came the racing games were actually pretty deep. The second one, the Sega All-Star Racing, is actually a really, really good racing game. Yeah. yeah. But then they weren't as good as the other ones. And then they out. made another one and it wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. And it literally came out like two months before the next Crash Bandicoot racing game. And it's like, wow, you're going to get destroyed <laughs> in sales. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Uh, but then it came to... Um, but of course, when we talk about Sonic series in general, like we were talking about the cartoons themselves. Um, yeah. The person who, the actor Steve Urkel, did the original voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, where he does all the clips of I'm waiting and everything. <laughs> That's the original like, slapstick comedy show, uh, which I have, which is where you said Scratcher and Crank, uh, the two robots that appear, and different road stories of everything else. And that's where we have the infamous Sonic Says segments that yeah, everyone yeah. makes into YouTube poop videos and everything. <laughs> and uh, that actually led to an infamous lawsuit, actually, on the internet. Oh, really? There was a website called You're the Man Now, Dog, where this is before YouTube or anything, where people would take short clips of things to make it and just load on that one page every time. Mm. And You're the Man Now, Dog would link to that page on through You're the Man Now, Dog. And that's where someone made the whole, you know, editors just like, hey, kids, remember, if t- someone touched you, it's good. <laughs> and all that and everything. <laughs> someone tries to touch you in a place that you don't like, that's not good. First you say no, then you get out of there. Well, basically, <laughs> someone just edited it. It's like, someone touched actually a place you don't like it's good and then that's when Sega you know filed a copyright claim and everything and there was enormous backlash against the company and this actually changed how Sega interpreted the internet from now on everything. Uh, because they realised that it was the fans keeping Sonic still alive on this oh other yeah side of course everything. who do you think buying your shitty games blind Sonic fans obviously yeah, yeah. exactly and then came Again, was the uh, Sonic X series and the other TV shows and everything. But, of course, there was the excellent uh, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was based off the Archie comic series. The Archie comic series were phenomenal uh, for actual Sonic, uh, actual Sonic material and everything. What about the Amazing Christian comic? Uh, um, we don't talk about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's not canon. That, that's the deep, <laughs> deep end of the Sonic fan base. And as someone as part of the Sonic fan base, you don't go down that road, no. okay? When I grew up, I was like, yeah, I just love the video game characters. He's in good games. Not, yeah. I'm in love with the character. There's a <laughs> yeah, big difference. It's, it's fun to laugh at for like five minutes, but then you're just like, oh, this I is think it's sad. sad. But yeah. no, then you realize that these are these people's lives and everything else like that. And it's just like, mmm, mmm. <laughs> yeah. 
But then, of course, like I said, Sonic Boom came out, which was a terrible game, but then it had a phenomenal cartoon because yeah. basically Sega told them, it's like, we don't care, do whatever you want. They're like, okay, and they become some, some of the best jokes that I've seen in the cartoon for a long time. <laughs> I'll always have a deep appreciation for the first Sonic Adventure, um, just for the what they tried to attempt to do. Oh, yeah. Just it's- a fully scripted Sonic existing in a world of humans with a giant water monster yeah. collecting all of the Chaos Emeralds while Knuckles was like, yeah, oh, well, you f- yeah. asshole. Well, who, who's the band that plays for the Sonic series? Oh, I know there's, I don't know. But basically, they're, it, yeah. it's because that soundtrack is why everyone mostly members the Sonic Adventure series because that band is, uh, I always try. I Thunder, I, no, rain, I was about to say yeah. Sum 41. And it's like, no, that's not them. It's another <laughs> band entirely. But yeah, their song like Live and Learn, I have the Sonic Adventure mm. 2 vinyl soundtrack. It's phenomenal, the music <laughs> in that game and everything. Like I said, those soundtracks of those games were phenomenal. It's yeah. just the gameplay hasn't aged that well. Yeah, <laughs> no. and the um, the animation as well. There's always yeah. the classic of Sonic going, they're going to crash, ah, and just with the open mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just always remember as well Sonic Adventure 2 just starting that game and just jumping out of a plane yeah. and then surfing down San Francisco. Yes, yeah, snowboarding well, sorry, down. not San Francisco. Yeah, not San Francisco. <laughs> Even though it is. No, but yeah. just, and then a giant truck chasing you. <laughs> yeah, for, for no reason. <laughs> and then crashing. How many people died in City <laughs> Escape alone? Yeah. Oh, Fuck. there's the Chow Garden. Like I said, there's a really good parts of Sonic Adventure too, like the Sonic segments, the Chow Garden itself. Like mm. There's some of the best segments out of those games and everything, like how well the levels were actually designed and everything and seeing people how <laughs> with speedrunners to get through it and everything else like that. And even Dreamcast tried to innovate with the VMU when, um, with the Chow Garden. Oh, and yeah. You that is Chow on the VMU. And you yeah, take it to your around. friend's Dreamcast yeah. and take it on there and try and yeah. trade with them and everything. That was actually really genius when yeah. it came to it. It was, it was like, a very interesting um, memory pack. Oh, yeah. Like... What made them think of that? Yeah, I have no idea. But as well with a lot of prefer- peripherals on games, like Nintendo knows all about this. You, you, you make one, you have a good idea, then nobody else uses it. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, there was a, that's another thing is because they were originally an arcade company, yeah. like a, a lot of their prefer- peripherals is that English. Yeah. English is my first language. <laughs> English. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. But basically, yeah, a lot of the peripherals actually still hold up technically well today. Like the fishing mm. rod that was on the Dreamcast, that is motion sensors that will use exactly the same in the Wii and they worked perfectly. Same with Samba de Amigo, which was yeah. the Maraca game. Yeah. That still worked perfectly. Uh, the light gun games always worked great. There's even Typing of the Dead, which was a keyboard game where you typed out to beat zombies and everything. <laughs> uh, again, and a lot of inv- innovations that they did at the time. The Dreamcast was the first game set, like, well, technically the Mega Drive was the first game system to go online because they had a yeah. thing called Sega TV where people could actually get demos back then, but you needed a cable subscription to hook it up for the the cable that goes into your it into your ethernet bo- cable yeah like that is yeah the ethernet cable or whatever yeah. it's called that yeah. plugs into cable box into it but it was only in the america and everything else like that and the only other one was in like nintendo at the end of the super nintendo life where you could actually get uh like ex- extended chapters of zelda and everything with actual voice acting and everything else like that's that that's pretty cool mm. but of course when it came to the the before new generations the dreamcast was the first one to actually properly jump online yeah. Uh, playing Fantasy Star Online. 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 <laughs> yeah, 50, online, even online. 56K back then. And of course, then you have a $100 bill at the end of your month back then. It's like, <laughs> ah! Because of how much it eat and everything. But it ran buttery smooth. Mm. And you play against people against the world, around the world and everything. And it was just phenomenal. And can't even t- do that these days. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Fucking Smash Bros dropping out all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, Thanks oh, time that. to do a Mario Maker online match. <laughs> oh, I'm frozen in lag. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and it's like, you look at, again, it's just like 
back then of like just how smoothly it ran. Like you could actually play proper sports games online and everything else like that, all grand racing games and everything else. And it just all worked because everyone had the same connection rate and everything. But like I said, we lived in Australia, so understand we get screwed at everything. So they're just like, I'm going to count the data by the second. <laughs> just ripping out money out of your wallet. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> I know that. Every like five megabytes you went over, it's like, well, here's another $10 on your bill. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And then you got banned from using the internet because your dad yelled at you. That was sad. Oh, that's <laughs> even person if someone picked up the phone and then disconnect your game. Oh, and yeah. you're right in the middle of a dungeon and you were about to reach the part where you could actually collect the loot and someone just said, no! <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I need to call my friends. No! <laughs> um, also, Soul Calibur. Was well, well, that's what it is. That was fan- well, that was the best, best part about the Sega, hard- the Dreamcast hardware. It was actually based off the Naomi arcade board. So that's why we got a lot of the arcade ports because yeah. they were running on the exact same hardware as it. So that's why we got Soul Calibur, Crazy Taxi, and all the different port, the Capcom ports, and everything else like that. Yeah, and not only were they well, they weren't really ports because they were actually better than the arcade versions. Oh yeah, like, considering we got Soul Calibur over Soul Edge. And yeah, if, which and if you Soul the Edge ar- was terrible. Yeah, and if you play the arcade version of um, Crazy Taxi, it's very, very bare bones compared to the console port. <laughs> Since one of the driving ones, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to steal. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I'm not good at many fighting games. Actually, I'm trash. Yeah. But Soul Calibur was one I was really good at. Oh, no, yeah. you're very, very good at Soul Calibur. I remember one Voldo. game we played with Voldo. <laughs> and I, I'm not doing, you're doing, you weren't there to see it, but we were playing like, I think it was 5 on the PS3. Yeah. And I literally went on a barrage and Nico just did this all tumble tumble and everything all for the moves and everything and poked me once and I fell out of the ring. I was just like, I don't want to play this anymore. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Voldo because he's a freak. Yeah. That game had so much fan service as well. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, It definitely. still does. It's like Ivy the <laughs> oh, It's even more now. Yeah, even yeah. now where it's like, oops, my armor broke. Oops. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just like seeing Ivy the Dominatrix be like, mm, I got a whip and a chain. It's like, mm, yeah. what a sword whip? Come on. You're across the other side of the stage. Oh, I guess it's like a uh, it's I guess it's like a fishing rod now. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes underground and comes up at the other side. Um, yeah. that's not how grounds work. <laughs> so also, stop. Again, when you think about it, there's also a lot of interesting tech we think about it. Like even before they had the Seaman itself mm. on Dreamcast, the entire mm. game you play with a microphone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you just talk and to that was predating um Hey You Pikachu for the sixty four, which had the same idea. Yeah, yep. and Len Nimoy was the narrator in that game. Yeah. <laughs> that game still gives me nightmares though. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything that could give me more nightmares than that. And of course, uh, we've got to talk about one of the biggest celebrities that actually supported Sega throughout their time was Michael Jackson. Oh. Yep. Yeah, because he wrote the soundtrack for Sonic. It, this was actually confirmed recently. His nephew of Michael Jackson did a re- uh, oh, yeah, interview right. uh, with a guy, an internet personality called Razorfist, because uh, he wanted to interview him and asked him. And he said, okay, the golden question everyone asks is, like, did your dad work on the Sonic 3 soundtrack? And he said, yes. Yeah. The problem is he wasn't credited because he didn't think the sound chip was good enough, but he wrote the entire soundtrack. And when you actually look at songs that are in it and everything, they're taken from most of Michael Jackson's modern stuff and everything. Yeah, and even like music nerds are like the timing of the music is exactly the same as Michael Jackson's songs. And there's like plenty of mashups on YouTube that people have made using Michael Jackson's pre-existing songs and, you know, the Sonic songs. And then, of course, there's his appearance in Space Channel 5, 1 and 2, where he's an actual guest character and everything. He's like, we got to save everyone, ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) And Moonraker. Ah! (laughs) And Moonraker. Not Moonraker, sorry, that's a James Bond movie. 
<laughs> Moonwalker. He was. He was. Yeah. Moonwalker was was an arcade game, which and was then, a top down, and then of course it was on the Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, but of course, that's the odd part is that the first copies that came out, Thriller is on it for the zombie level, mm. but then later versions, some reason it becomes another the song Another Part of Me is then in the zombie <laughs> level. So it's like, uh huh. Yeah. They must have lost some rights between somewhere and somewhere. And then of course that was ready to rumble and exclusively on the Dreamcast. Michael Jackson was a playable boxer and everything. Mm. Um, he was yeah, like he was an actual very very big fan of the company and everything. Worked with them with a lot of projects and everything else. He was a very big supporter of them. Yeah. Yeah, and he even had like a bunch of like arcade machines in his house and whatnot. Oh so. yeah, that is something to check out on the internet. Exactly yeah. what uh, Carbon Water said. You can actually get a camera that a 3D camera of his basement of his arcade. Of not only he has the original Darth Vader. He had the original Darth Vader suit from Star Wars, the wow. original one. Jeez. Because, like I said, you look at everything, all that, everything. He's like got not only the classic old machines, but he's got like every one of those big end Sega machines and everything, mint condition and everything else like that. He was that much <laughs> big of a gamer. He even had he's a dedicated bulletproof glass case for his Mega Drive <laughs> games <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that he had a key that only he could get into it and everything. Everyone's a fan. Yeah. You know, everyone's got their fandoms yeah, everyone's of got something. Their niche, no matter how you know small it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some people still like Adventure Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anything else? Any last remarks? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, any last remarks? Uh, Dreamcast Two will never happen. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's start never those happen. rumors. It's never going to happen. Yeah, they're never going to come back into actual physical console game. They still make arcade stuff and they make of course wacky Japanese like the urinal game that's in Japan <laughs> that you actually measure contests and stuff <laughs> but they're pretty much now just a third party publisher when it comes yeah. to that. they're their own publisher now they tried doing other people and everything but they realise what they make themselves is more than good enough like the Yakuza yeah. series and everything mm. the Sonic games are not going to improve though I'm sorry oh. though I'm sorry everyone you could have something like something of a great Sonic level of a Yakuza <sighs> game but that's effort mm. and I'm sorry <laughs> well I'll tell you something the Dreamcast 2 might not be coming but you know what is coming Mm. The Snyder Cut. And we're going to talk about this next time. All right. Ooh. Because just no. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to cost an extra $20 million in reshoots. Really? It's not ready to go. Sorry. It's not ready to go. I'm sick of people saying, oh, it was ready to go. You could have just released it. $20 million in reshoots. (laughs) It's not ready to go. No. Besides, if I want a slower version, then I'll just get it. (laughs) I'll just slow it down. Yeah. To like watchman speed. (laughs) But yeah, we'll talk about the Snyder Cut maybe next time. Next right. episode, we'll talk about DC movies versus Marvel movies. Mm, How does yeah. that sound? That sounds easy. Yeah, sure. Sounds fun? Yeah, it always sounds fun. Oh, Snyder Cut. Ooh, release yeah. it. Release it. Fuck off. <laughs> talk about the Batman films. I can't play with I'm gonna- by next episode, you'll have a different pad full of different sounds, <laughs> so you won't be hearing this anymore. Ah. Oh, that's so calming, though. Ah, no, not so much. That, on. that not so much. I like that. It's like no, that's days. What do you call a, a dog that walks into a, a truck? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. What does the dog say when you can't, when you set it on fire? What? Woof. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is the uh, shit Why joke era. Yeah. Dylan, any shit jokes? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just add that onto everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, this has been a fantastic episode and, you know, the second one we've done since we've been back. So we've got a bit of consistency going on. Mm. So we're going to keep it up. Yeah. And nice. anything from you guys before we go? Uh, if we don't keep on a consistent schedule, bug us and we'll, uh, we'll get back on track. 
Yep, just say, make some shit, and we'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, and just we'll make, make sure shit. to tweet us at Damn Fancy and annoy the crap out of us. Yep. Or hit me up on them Instagrams and bother me there. Yeah. Yes, yes. Annoy us everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And special shout out to uh, Brendan and 8-Bit. Thanks, man. You've been a good help. He offered to help uh, set up the Roadcaster Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have taken your advice, but it seems like it's just very plug and play. Yeah, literally, we just took it out of the box. <laughs> it's like, plug all the things in. It works. Yeah, nice. phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah... Especially 100%. with the micro SD card thing. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And a special uh, shout out to 8-Bit Podcast in general. They're an Australian gaming everything. They're like a massive mm. group of gaming podcasts and they're really awesome. they got a bunch of great shows. So check them out if you're into gaming and all that stuff. And if you're not into gaming and all that stuff, why are you here? Yeah, why are you listening to this episode? What are you yeah. doing? You should move on to a non-gaming relating episode. Go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Go read back a, to sports podcasts. Read a, read a book, audio I book. a home run. <laughs> I did a thing. Yeah, I tackled a... I footed the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace out. Bye. 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 Sega